0: and there's something about the yoga practice that's more than just the physical there's something about the essence of the yoga practice that receives you exactly as you are
1: Welcome to This Thing Called Movement, a podcast exploring the medium of movement and looking into how it has the capacity to transform not only our physical bodies, but potentially every other facet of our lives. I'm your host, Marie Janicek. As a former dancer, personal trainer, and much more, I've been able to experience a wide breadth of transformation and revelation using the medium of movement. It is my passion to share its capacity and its depth in as many ways as possible, which is why I have created this podcast for you. Join me as I dive into deep conversations with a wide variety of individuals across many fields and backgrounds. To gain insight into their own unique movement experiences, the transformations that resulted, and how movement has affected their lives at large. The goal of this podcast is to empower you to find your unique relationship to movement, allowing it to be a journey of self-exploration, authentic curiosity, and connecting to yourself I hope hearing these guests speak about their movement relationship and experiences will help empower you to begin to explore movement in your own way, in your own life. welcome to our episode today with this thing called movement. Our guest will be Maggie Pierce, a very well-known and dedicated yoga instructor throughout the New York City area and also teaching in Jersey. Maggie and I met while I was in college and she quickly became one of my favorite yoga instructors mainly due to her versatility between not only understanding the yoga practices and philosophy, but also her ability to integrate that within her own experience as an instructor, as a practitioner, as an educator, and so much more. We talked about movement as a way to understand directionality and orientation, how it shapes an understanding of what you are moving towards and what you are moving away from and how that intention that is inherent within the word and the very action of it is an important aspect to consider. We also discussed the development of knowledge a lot and we discussed all the ways that exist to develop and create knowledge for yourself, whether it is simply through learning intellectually or hearing through someone else, or more importantly, through your own direct experience of that learning. And finally, uh, perhaps one of my favorite things that we talked about is the process of finding your own cycle with movement and to allow yourself to make it truly your own journey. The importance of being able to simply tune in to what feels right for you, find that entry point and to just allow that to be your guide into your own personal development. I always love talking to Maggie. I love taking her class. I love interacting with her. She is truly a gem in this world. And I am so excited to be able to present you guys with our conversation. So relax, sit back, tune in and enjoy. So I'm very excited to have Maggie on with us today. Thank you so much.
0: I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for coming over, for for opening this dialogue up.
1: Yeah. So how would you sort of introduce yourself to our audience? I know I kind of gave you, gave everybody like my view of you. But how would you describe yourself and your work to people? What's your intro?
0: What's my, and who am I? Well... (laughs) Uh, I would also say that I'm Maggie Pierce, <laughs> and I would also say um, that I'm a movement teacher. Uh, I Yeah, it's so interesting, this idea of sort of introducing, it's, it's kind of like the writing of a bio, like how do I encapsulate or, or um, pin down who I am in any given moment? But educator or, or facilitator, I think, are both two words that I aspire to live up to of yoga the the the, both the lowercase and the uppercase y um just because it it what i do is informed by everything i've done so it's it's the yoga umbrella is the common ground but i definitely think we we kind of follow out different paths depending on where i'm teaching or if it's if i'm teaching teachers if i'm teaching a workshop if i'm doing more um kind of the, the ceremony or or I do work with um, like women's circles and that work, you know, yoga is the common thread, but where it goes is quite different than like a 200-hour foundation training, which is different than, you know, a Kula hour 545. Mm-hmm. So it's it's these different spokes take us different places, but but educator and facilitator is like the umbrella of of the yoga
1: thing. So with that being said, Maggie, would you share with us what your movement journey has been like throughout your life?
0: Well, it's interesting. I mean, I think I was thinking a lot about this, you know, coming in, I've had this word movement in my head. I was like, what is movement, you know, in a simple way? And and as I sat with it, it inherent, not inherent, but but sort of, I can't really talk about movement without also talking about direction. And so I was thinking about that, like this idea of directionality and what is movement with directionality and, and how does that go? So, I say that because my whole life, from a movement perspective, I've been, I started dancing when I was three or four. About, I was pure ballet. Um, you know, I performed the Nutcracker. You know, I started as a little punchinelli and then went all the way up, you know. So, my whole life has been movement um, from that perspective. And then I found yoga my sophomore year of college. Uh, after some rough times and then it's been yoga since then so those have been sort of my two so from a broad perspective that's been my movement history right mm-hmm. it's been my whole life and i think like okay what has been the what has been my direction right what is what has been my relationship to direction as i think about my relationship to movement mm-hmm. and it's and and that is is an interesting question because it's not quite so linear because i think there's a lot of ballet dancers that end up in yoga I think we share that so and and I know you know and that's a a very common thing so it's interesting to think about like sort of this broader movement this is just something I've been pondering and I don't have any answers to it but it's like what is what is my relationship to movement and then what is the direction of that movement where has it taken me in and out so that's something I've been sitting with so the answer to your question is 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 my relationship to movement in my life has been ballet and yoga Mm. pretty simply. Now
1: I'm adding in a couple more things. Yeah, please. no, please do. So it's fascinating. I I think this word movement is such a potent word mm-hmm. and has so many different meanings for people. And as I'm finding out, because I'm interviewing some people who are uh, from other countries as well, mm-hmm. where English isn't their first language, mm-hmm. for them, the translation of the English word movement does not hold mm-hmm. as much in it. Mm-hmm. Right, it's actually a lot more practical, or it's a lot more simplified. There's something very unique about the cross intersectionality of movement in the English language, mm-hmm. where it just encapsulates all these things. Mm-hmm. And the more I talk to people, the more I find that there are these really unique and interpersonal definitions mm-hmm. of, of when you ask someone what what is movement to you, or how do you define movement? Yeah. It's actually it's It's so different from person to person. So I'm interested in the idea of directionality, and I want to dive deeper. Like if you had to make a definition mm-hmm. of the word movement, your own personal definition, what is it? Is it specifically that tied to directionality, or is there more in there? So I mean, this is the
0: question that I've been sitting with, right? In the simplest possible language, I think movement is a shift. I think that that, in its simplest way, and the directionality aspect, it kind of comes right out. It's like one of those things where it's, it's sort of, and that's the beauty, right, of, of, of so much of the yoga philosophy, right? It's like, okay, if, if the yoga is rooted in the yoga sutras, you know, most of the sutras have, you know, five to 10 words. And yet each word, it is the perfect word. And yet it, it's also meant to be unpacked and meant to be looked at so i would say that this idea of directionality is a facet of movement that we can sit and unpack because this question of like okay if i if i have shifted then i have moved but the next question instantly becomes for myself or for someone that i'm working with like in what direction and and it's and it's interesting because also as a you know as a dancer as a with a ballet background if you think of a piece of classical music there's movements in the classical music right or like even, you know, in, in a military sense, right? Like a movement. And so it's, it's all of the, so I think about this, this idea of movement and I, and I, this word shift again, for me works. Uh, and it's like, oh, okay, but what is, what is that movement of the piece about, right? What is that what movement, what, what is the direction of your movement? So that's where directionality and a big part of my spiritual practice, which I have a feeling we'll get to because it always lands there, uh, involves this idea of directionality and involves this idea of orientation, right? So that also comes in when I think about movement, when I think about direction, I think about orientation. Like, what am I moving toward? What am I moving away from? What am I, what's the goal of my movement? You know, these are all like that one word. It's like a, it's a perfect word because it can just be teased apart. So,
1: yeah, that's how I I feel. I think, I think it's it's really exciting. It's Uh, awesome. So, one thing that just kind of coming to my mind now, listening to you talk, I remember taking your class like for the first time Mm -hmm. after a few years after I was transitioning out of college and couldn't quite like get my schedule to match up with your class times, and coming back in and and. I think that's something you do really well as you bring in these layers to Mm -hmm. an idea or a concept, whether it's like a physical concept Mm -hmm. in the practice of yoga. And then you create those connecting lines to the other asanas of yoga, the Mm -hmm. more spiritual aspects. Uh, Or you bring it in connection with, you know, the actual physical body in a deeper way when you get really gritty with the anatomy, Mm -hmm. but then you find this beautiful flow back into the more ephemeral. I remember doing sun salutations in your class like a couple years ago, and you were talking about using that as an opportunity to commit to the directions, right, Mm -hmm. of the compass, Mm -hmm. the north and then Mm -hmm. the South, and then the East and the West. And that was like such a simple focus to have. But when you're talking about directionality, I just kind of thought like, uh aha, like here you have this opportunity for repetition. Mm -hmm. But when you place your intention, your focus on like even just a physical direction or space and Mm -hmm. where you are in relationship to, and then you do this cyclical movement Mm -hmm. and you go through these four phases of it, it just was a totally different experience of it You're right and you didn't even need to change direction then mm-hmm. your body wasn't actually moving in a new or different way but it was just like the awareness of that space of like where the south pole lies mm-hmm. next to you as you honor that mm-hmm. in that little cycle mm-hmm. so I mean that that it, it, to me just really fascinating how how something like direction and intention or a focus shift can totally change something that you may have done a thousand times Mm -hmm. in your life and Mm -hmm. then make it like a totally new experience. Mm -hmm. It's so
0: interesting because my work with the four directions has a lot to do with just a knowledge of myself in knowing that it's, I'll make it analogous to this idea of finding center. I think that's Mm -hmm. sort of what sparked it. You know, center is defined by edges. It, 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 there is no, I mean, we could have a whole nother discussion. Is there an objective center? But I find that with the four directions, it's, it's about knowing where I am in space so that I can then work with myself. And, and like you said, that this idea of working with myself to me is whether it's on the physical plane of placing the femur in a good relationship to the tibia, Or it's on a deeper plane of like, well, what's my relationship to beginnings versus endings Mm -hmm. and where am I in that? And, 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 and what am I looking to move toward? Mm -hmm. Because that, I think that, that question, like what am I looking to move toward kind of became, because for a long time I was looking for movement. Right. And it's like, and I think a lot of people with, with, energy which all of us have to a certain extent is uh, in the beginning we're we're just working with movement right and it doesn't actually need direction in the beginning I think you know when I work with basic students or when I look back on my own movement history it it didn't need per se an end goal it was about the active movement and then at some point it became like okay well what am I moving toward like what what am I moving away from or what and 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 it opens up this whole idea of, of like, well, why am I moving? It's like the why when I work with, right. Exactly. (laughs) When I work with teachers, right. It's like, what, how, why, and, and landing on that why is a big one. And and so the four directions practice and applying that in the yoga practice to the four sun or however I'm doing it that day um, has a lot to do with like, okay, let's, let's start to unpack
1: this. Why? So as you're, kind of talking about the why, that's something I've been really drawn to. And it just kind of makes me think, because your your relationship to movement right now seems one that's a lot about this whole directionality, Mm -hmm. right? Like what's Mm -hmm. the intention, the focus, the move towards versus move away from. So I'm kind of curious in your movement journey when you started to drift away from dance mm-hmm. and then you went to yoga, mm-hmm. what were the move toward aspects mm-hmm. and then what were some of the move away or what were the dynamics mm. at play there that caused that shift for you?
0: So interesting. I mean, in what they share for me for both of them is a, is a movement toward organization, right? Like the organization and in ballet, when I was young, it was the pure organization of my physical body. Mm-hmm. And then it became, I think with age, it became the organization of my energy, the organization of my mind, which is where I mean, some of it was a, a logistical ballet demanded much more time and 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 um, commitment than I could give, and yoga received me a little bit more as I was, mm-hmm. and so I think that was a big thing. Is is the difference for me personally? although there's the about ba- the subtleties of ballet are, 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 many, but it, it was a movement. My, my direction toward yoga was a movement away from an external organization of like, this is what I want you to look like. And a movement toward an internal alignment of like, who are you? Like, what, what, what is your presentation of this? And, and from the outside they share a lot of similarities, right? Like the, the placement of the body into the archetype of triangle is much like, the placement of the body into the archetype of arabesque but the language of the practice and the teachings and the history of it meant that in ballet i was almost moving outward and and in yoga it asked me to move inward also the
1: communities that yes. have those spaces are so wildly different mm-hmm. i think in my experience because i had like an interesting entry point with dance dance was my free space And I I learned ballet, I learned jazz, I learned hip hop, I learned all these different styles. I was a perfect little, like, pony ready to showcase myself on So I Think You Can Dance. I came from that world. Mm -hmm. But uh, what I really was drawn to was, like, the sense of, like, total uninhibited freedom. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of, like, those restrictions in the competitive dance world. Like, you had to have, like you had to be able to do the crazy leap and then flip into the floor. You had to be able to get your leg behind your head and like do some weird contortionist stuff. Uh, And you had to be able to learn that quickly and then just do it. But Mm -hmm. then there was also this space called improvisation. And I loved it. I was obsessed with it. I couldn't get enough of it. And for me, the further I went into the whole professionalism of dance, especially in New York, I I started to feel that totally getting pulled out.
0: Mm -hmm. I,
1: I felt like everything that had grounded me and dance slowly got picked apart and like literally destroyed right Mm. in front of my eyes to the point where I had to take four years off. Mm. I was just like, I can't go anywhere near this space. It's too painful. So, and I, and I know ballet is the same way. We're like, we initially start ballet because it feels so beautiful Mm -hmm. and light Mm -hmm. and free and you just feel so expanded and you get to be a fairy all the time. And like, but then At a certain point, the more serious you get about it, Mm -hmm. the more restrictive it Mm -hmm. becomes. And when you look at people who get really entrenched in yoga, it's Mm -hmm. the opposite. Mm -hmm. It's not about the physical practice. Like the people who are really committed, and you use Mm -hmm. this word a lot, devoted, which Mm -hmm. I think is such a great word. that, That practice of being committed to your own work and the inner work of your soul while you are working through your body. It's. I just. It's interesting that you mentioned that they're both so similar on the outside because mm-hmm. they are. But I think when you dive into those worlds, they are completely different. Mm-hmm. But it's also where they come from. Mm-hmm. You know? Like what I love about yoga is the history of it, and this is why I'm always. I always seek out your classes in particular. I've tried to take other teachers. I'm never really a huge fan, um, because I, I'm wanting that that like deep. I want like the depth of it. I don't just want the shapes and the poses and the flows. Like I, when I'm going to class, I want that. I really want to excavate everything that's available there in that hour, in that hour and a half.
0: Right. Yeah. It's so interesting. And as you're speaking, I mean, I'm wondering, this is just a, a thought, but it's also this idea of age and linear age comes up and, and just what, you know, as we get older, I mean, there's plenty of adult ballet classes. And and I don't mean to, I, I speak of ballet because it's my background, but I, I know other people with other relationships to movement that have a similar thing. And there's something about the yoga practice that's more than just the physical. There's something about the essence of the yoga practice that receives you exactly as you are. And I think that is of a growing appeal to me. And, and as a teacher to aspire to receive people and, and you know, you're, you're speaking of coming to class and this idea of excavating and, and exploring all the layers and. You know, as a teacher, it I'm so grateful for the, the the community, the tribe, because I really believe that there are I'm not everybody's teacher, you know, and I think that's so important. And I always say this to trainees, you know, these different styles of yoga, some of which stay on the surface, some of which never move and only talk about it's like it's all so rich and important because it it is about finding your own alignment, and I think that these different ways in meet you where you are you know and i think those of us that have been in the body for many many years have a different entry point than the person that comes into my class and has never moved you know i teach this group of lawyers and it's like they're not they're they're about the mind right their entry point is the mind and their access to the mental discipline right their devotion if we define devotion as, as returning Right, that which you return to, you are devoted to. Like their devotion is to that that precision, that that discipline of the mind, which someone like me can sometimes look at and be like, wow, you know, I have physical devotion, Mm -hmm. like I'll return to my body. If something's off with my body, it gets addressed. You know, I don't, that doesn't sit. Mm -hmm. But and it's shifting with me over over the years and with my study in the mind, but it's just interesting to think about different people's entry points, right? Mm -hmm. And different different and the way that these teachings meet you and the way you meet them and how movement relates to that and what is is movement of the physical body like I keep coming back to this idea like what is movement okay Mm -hmm. if it's a shift is it you know the mind what is it to shift the energy what is it to shift the physical body how do they relate to each other how does a shift in the physical body shift the mental body and can you witness that can you step deep enough to observe movement in these different Right. And I, as a teacher, I'm going to ask you to do that. I asked myself to do that, um, which is, it's, it's interesting. And it's almost like, I want to throw this question back at you is over the okay. years of taking with me, right. Like the, the interviewer becomes interviewee, but in the years of taking my class, right. I've witnessed a deep evolution of myself, but in the specific question of movement as shift, and then bringing in the subtlety of directionality, have you felt that my asking of you has shifted? Has there been movement
1: in my movement teaching? hundred percent. I mean, uh, and it's funny because I, I think that's why I just feel so connected to you as a teacher. To me, I feel like we're on parallel paths mm-hmm. like our journeys have mm-hmm. been so similar. And when I first came to take your class, I was in college, right? Mm-hmm. This is when you were teaching at life in motion in the upper West side. Mm-hmm. And I had just started taking yoga for the first time. Like a friend had, taking me to a few teachers there and I I discovered you on my own somehow and because I was in this entry point of dealing with so many injuries of my body I was Mm -hmm. becoming a a physical therapist like I was going to be a dancer with like plan b in physical therapy so I knew all the anatomy backwards and forwards and Mm -hmm. you were actually speaking in anatomical Mm -hmm. dialogue and I was like "Fuck yeah (laughs) like okay like I, she understands like how to use this whole thing of yoga in this language that I understand. And it felt like it made sense to me at that time. And it's just been funny because like, I'll have these little windows where I'm not able to take class and then come back. And for some reason, your, your evolution is in tandem with my evolution, Mm -hmm. you know, where Mm -hmm. I recently, the last few years, I, I've been making more and more of a conscious push into my spirituality and so like making sure i'm not sacrificing my contemplative stages or Mm -hmm. my meditation and my quiet time uh for movement Mm -hmm. which i used to do all the time and Mm -hmm. i was always i was in movement excess and never on the other side of the spectrum Mm -hmm. which was like the stillness which is you can argue is a form of movement Mm -hmm. itself Mm -hmm. it's on the continuum and so i'm trying to make sure that i come back to the other place that stillness that quietness and then, and then when I'm from that, coming from that place, how do I come back in and then hold the space, like mm-hmm. continue to be the container for it all. And so I, I've been noticing, especially coming back into your class this year, mm-hmm. it's like all I hear in your teaching. It's like, it's all about, it's all about like the grandeur of that mm-hmm. experience um, of connecting it into that spirituality. And I've taken from yogis who bring in spirituality and make it less than just you know, the positions, and and more about that, that deep internal connection to your source or yourself. And I just think you have a very unique way of bringing it in where Mm -hmm. you, like, don't disregard either. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm really interested in, too. In my own work, it's all about, like, how can we connect this body and this mind and this soul somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. and engage all of them Mm -hmm. and know that when we pull on this little piece of the fabric, like, it all kind of shifts and tugs. But, and be mindful of that, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of allow ourselves to navigate and spend time with all of these things in whatever ways are curious mm-hmm. and exciting and playful to us, and you know, reserve judgments and the right way versus the wrong way, mm. the good versus bad,
0: mm. that sort of
1: thing.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting that what you just touched on of this because there really it seems sometimes a split between bhakti and jnana, right? Like devotion and knowledge, you know, and and how does that land? And I think for myself, one of my missions, if you will, is that they're the same, you know, and I'm, and I'm not meaning to suggest that the texts don't say that they're the same. I just think that the way it's been interpreted, especially in a lot of the modern yoga is this real split. You now, if you want to study alignment, go to these people. Mm-hmm. If you want to study devotion, go to these people. And it's interesting because, you know, I'll often say that my cadaver lab, which I did a couple of years ago, was one of the most deeply spiritual experiences of my life whilst being one of the most utterly anatomical you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's how do they I'm very interested in that connection you know I think in a lot of ways you know back to the beginning when you asked how would I introduce myself you know one of my main interests is in relationship and connection mm-hmm. internally externally across the the layers of the the body within the fabric of the layers you know between each other all these different dimensions and in the same token right like teaching becomes this this practice of of connection and relationship on these different levels you know and it's Mm -hmm. it's it's just all so fascinating i i mean it's one of those that like i i I've been teaching long enough to say that I don't know anything and I feel good about that. Yeah. You know, I'm
1: more interested than ever, more to learn than ever. Uh, and I love that. I've had the same experience. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, because I work in like personal training and then like more the fitness space. Yeah. And I like, you know, go through more and more workshops. And at a certain point, I was just like, oh, crap. Uh, everything yeah. I thought I knew, I don't. Yep. And uh, it, it becomes less about like the minutia and more about like the big picture. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's why I'm like really interested in this big picture concept of movement, because mm-hmm. from where I sit, I watch people get so kind of hemorrhaged uh, with all this information, all mm-hmm. this competing information around mm-hmm. what's, what I should do, like what's good for me, what's mm-hmm. bad for me and why. And they get so caught up in those little details and unfortunately, when their main source of education is coming through media and mm-hmm. through, you know, newspapers or through social media, it's you you they they don't they start to lose its ability to make autonomous decisions based mm-hmm. off of like what they can feel. Mm-hmm. Think there's I'm watching this happen where like people are really divorced from feeling in their bodies and instead they're trying to just you know, beat into submission, beat mm-hmm. to the right size or weight or beat into the right uh, movement pattern or, with the right, you know, stimulus. And mm-hmm. it's and it becomes less and less about like, well, why like the why. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things I'm really trying to draw out or cultivate in my work is giving space for that why. Mm-hmm. Which I think dance can do really well. It, it because there's enough openness, especially if you're if you feel safe and you have like an improvisatory setting mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. like well guided and just enough structure so that you can have a little bit of chaos, you start to find that that sense of like, ooh, where does my body feel good? And then you can mm-hmm. start to explore it and play around and it becomes less about good and bad. Mm-hmm. more just about creativity and intuition and I don't see a ton of that happening right now and I and I kind of watch people and I and I know this was such a fundamental part of my experience it's actually what allows me to be very autonomous even in the yoga practice Mm -hmm. even in a fitness class right because then I know these signals my body's giving me and I know which one is all right on the brink of injury that's Mm -hmm. pushing too far or you're going to pass out if you don't slow down Mm -hmm. you know and and then also like when, when something's like the pressure cooker of like on the verge of like real growth mm-hmm. and they're like mm-hmm. there's these nuances. And I see that um, there's a real trend of people not really wanting to like connect, mm. you know, but I think when you have people coming into yoga or into your class, they're already in a different mindset. Mm. But uh, a huge reason why I'm even putting all this together is just to give people like the breath of like a catalog and a library of experience so they can start to see how unique all this is and Mm -hmm. how, how movement really should just be like this opportunity for relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. in the world and not about
0: the stuff. Totally. And I think, I mean, it's so interesting, you know, this idea of connection in a world where connection is more present than ever on some level, Mm -hmm. right? We are more Mm -hmm. connected in some ways, but one of the things again i turn to the the yogic kind of philosophy and background is this idea of direct experience as paramount in the practice and and you know in in learning correct knowledge right in in, in developing knowledge the least sort of potent is this well this person told me so that mm-hmm. becomes fact right and and I think in this era, like you mentioned of, of YouTube videos, of this idea of, I think there's this really deep yearning in people that I see more than ever, especially in these current times, there is a deep yearning for healing. I really see that in a bigger way than I've ever seen it. It's that more and more people are turned on and, and clued in to the dis-ease that is around and are seeking out answers, right? But one of the most ubiquitous answers right now is coming from this, oh, well, I watched this YouTube video about this thing, right? And and they said it works, so it must be working, right? And then on the spectrum of gaining correct knowledge, right, you have that at one end, right? Oh, like she said it, so da-da-da. And then on the other end, which the yoga practice really looks to cultivate, is the idea of pradyaksha, like, I always pronounce that one, Pratyaksha, <laughs> direct experience, right? It's like, well, what does this actually feel like for you? And I think giving people the permission, right? you speak of this space of improv in dance, which is so every time you've said it, it's so interesting because for me, that was one of the most frightening places because this, I was one of those kids just from my upbringing that, really look for that external, like, yeah, but is this right? (laughs) Like, I know you're saying I can do whatever I want, but like, is this thing that I'm doing, whatever, (laughs) is this, is this right? You know? And I think so much of that, like so much of my aspiration as a teacher, but also as a mover, like so much of my own healing and this like bringing in of the why and the bringing in the direction and bringing in of, you know, you already mentioned stillness. Like for me, a lot of my movement is meant to be in the direction of stillness is, is, giving that permission to say, like, you actually get to decide. And, and from your direct experience, does this work? Or does this not work? You know, and nowadays, when anyone can post a blog, and, you know, it, it, my partner and I are in the process of starting family. And there's so many blog posts about like, the right way to get pregnant and all these things. And it, it's, it's, that urge to do right and to do it that 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 calling for knowledge is there, which I think is awesome, right because you know it's it's apathy is a is a terrible thing mm-hmm. um, and yet how we relate to our knowledge, how we gain our knowledge, I think in this day and age is is under attack a little bit. It's a lot of inference and well they said so that must be you know and and some of it is because our you know i read this thing a couple of years ago that our capacity to do things hasn't changed but the amount of information that's coming in about what needs to be done has grown exponentially
1: yeah and
0: i think that's the same like our our desire to learn is the same as it's there it's rich and and the opportunity, the access to learning is actually huge. Mm-hmm. You know, like the mm-hmm. amount of free content out there is awesome, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's excellent. And it can't replace direct experience. It mm-hmm. can't replace. Oh, my shoulder hurts. I googled this YouTube video. You know, Mary said it will help me if I do this. You know that st- that next step of like, yeah, but what actually happens when you do it? Mm-hmm. So much of my teaching is. Do this, okay? Now, what happened? You know that mm-hmm. follow up, that after space of like, what did it feel like to do X, Y, or Z? Because I do believe that the body is incredibly intelligent, and it it and when I use the word body, I don't mean just the physical body, but the the spirit, the mind. It it knows how to find neutral. I do believe that, and I think the the practice of observing the follow up. You know, like, well, okay, I did this. What happened? Is, it's like a lost art a little bit. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, but I, I did this. Check next. You know, it's like, no, no, no. I did this. I changed my diet. I did 10 extra reps. Mm-hmm. I, I, I played with this new movement. What happened? You know, and that, even before we get to the, like, how did it happen? Why did it happen? Like, just the, the, the starting at the like, what happened? is such an important place. And, and as movement in some ways increases, I mean, our ability to move is faster than ever. I mean, we can get into a metal tube and be <laughs> around the world. Like, that movement is wild yeah. 50 years ago, you know? And so as our ability to move grows in the way that it has grown, I think with it has to come these questions of what, how, why, like, well, what happened when you moved that way? you know, like, how did it affect you? How were, you know, how did it happen? All these things. And then why, like, why did you do that? Why did you just listen to me tell you to lift your arm up? You know, like it's, and there's the simple why of like, and it, and I hope the answer is not like, well, cause you said so, you know, it's like that deeper, like, why? Like, oh, because when I did that, it, it lengthened my chest and allowed me to access deeper breath. Like, oh, beautiful. Like, in those questions you know I really believe that 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 teaching in question is helpful too yeah. of like just that that encouragement of the direct experience it, it it's so profoundly healing and empowering like come on it's like it's so good to to feel empowered
1: about your own healing
0: yeah um, to, for all to that.
1: allow space and give permission mm-hmm. to have a response mm-hmm. and mm-hmm but I think there's a lot of things that come into that. You know, I, I saw in our education system, I didn't feel there were a lot of opportunities for that. Mm. You know, I would even say in my dance experience, because I started when I was really little three mm. and there wasn't a lot of space for that either. And I, I notice now like the more consciously I can make those decisions to just like sit and actually reflect, um, both reflect things that are working for you and mm-hmm. things that are working against you. because I think it can be really easy to just focus on like, well, that was bad, and so I need to figure out why. And then not, and then at the same time not give space and honor mm-hmm. that, which has done really well or served you really well Mm -hmm. or been really successful Mm -hmm. I've been doing this little thing recently talking about movement in my life like my movement of myself as a human being over the course of like six months or six years or you know a few days and just kind of like do these little check-ins like Mm -hmm. well when I was last year at this time like I was in China I was teaching dance and to remember back to like where I felt and how I felt in my body and in my life. And then to like, come back to it today and be like, Oh wow. I've like done a lot. Mm -hmm. And no, not everything's figured out and there's still things that like I occasionally get nervous or insecure about. We all do, but like the magnitude of that has shifted, right? Mm -hmm. There's been so many shifts that have happened and a lot of that has been in the allowance of, The check in, the like Mm -hmm, pause, mm -hmm. the the reflection, the ability to internalize, and then just like sit with it for a little
0: bit. Mm -hmm.
1: I mentioned this already, but for me, so much
0: of my movement has been toward the the place of stillness, Mm -hmm. you know, and the place of of reflection and contemplation, and really holding that as. The necessary shadow of movement, you know, and, and, and I'm using that word shadow, not as it's sometimes used, but I mean more as, as almost counterpart, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, yin and the exactly, exactly. Like that, that your movement is as good as the stillness that surrounds it, almost. Mm-hmm. And it's, and that has been profound for me, you know, especially in New York. It's like the New York is a very, Shiva erect city, right? Mm -hmm. New York is like, what's next, you know, follow this straight line Mm -hmm. and, and then go up, you know, that's the shape of our city. And so the, the cultivation of the quiet space of the, like that contemplation, that, that, how did this affect me? All of that is, is, has been so healing for me. And it's interesting as a mover and someone that still identifies with movement and yet, the amount of movement I've done of late is actually less, but it's of a higher quality yeah. you know and that is a is purely subjective you know I define that, but it is interesting to to look at you know good old quality quantity mm-hmm. with with the idea of movement you know and and to recognize for yourself what is your healthy movement balance you know what does balanced movement look like. And I think kind of like you mentioned it's it in order to know balance you must know imbalance. Otherwise the balance is externally informed. If you haven't internally experienced imbalance, it's much harder to define balance, you know, we can mm-hmm. say from the outside "Oh, this is this is what a balanced meal looks like, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. but it's so and I mean, you know, thankfully the world is catching up with these you know, outside in statements of, of being more aware that like, well, your balanced meal or your balanced movement or your balanced day looks different than my balanced day, you know, and, and encouraging that exploration on the individual level. It never ceases to amaze me that the more I move inward, the more universal and deep my connections externally have been mm-hmm. in mean, that paradox. I still, I get it. I've been told it, but I'm directly experiencing that, that the more individual I am, the more collective I can tap it. Yeah. That, exactly. I
1: mean, me Which too. It's nice. wild. It's, it's funny because it's a cliche, in mm. spirituality. And, and then that cliche gets externalized outside mm-hmm. of spirituality. But then when you actually experience it, again, it comes back to like experience, the direct mm-hmm. experience. There's nothing that mm-hmm. can quite match it. You can be told a thousand times, yeah. you can read it, Yeah. And, and you can hear about that experience, but, but actually under being a part of it, um, and engaging with it yourself is just on a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's
0: pretty, pretty awesome. And it's, it's also, you know, you already mentioned this idea of reflecting on cycles, you know, recognizing, and that's, recognizing, you know, oh, I'm here today and one year ago I was in this place and mm-hmm. you know and and thinking about movement as cyclical too, you know, and recognizing that, you know, for me, I just on a simple level, like the the process, the evolution to honor my own cycle in my body, you know, has been profound. Mm-hmm. And to recognize that movement in me and to recognize that cycle and honor it. Is, has has been awesome and you know and, and and it's so similar to what you're saying just reflecting on that cyclical nature of movement and oh and you know here it looks like this and trusting that builds the trust for me of like oh right if I reflect back like I've been here before this becomes familiar I can get oriented back to that word of oriented like I can get oriented to where I am by reflecting on place in the cycle and the the like how I am and it's it's just disorientation is terrible you know it's like (laughs) it's such an awful state you know and it's so a lot of my work is like just getting better and more efficient and being oriented and then giving self-direction exactly exactly and into what I want you know it's it's so interesting and and giving that direction and moving toward, you know, I'm in this place, I'm recently engaged. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, a lot of that was like consciously putting a stake down and moving toward it, you Mm -hmm. know, and really making the decision, I'm going to move toward this, Mm -hmm. which is different than saying I am moving toward this, or is different than saying like, I'm moving away from that. You know, it's very vulnerable for me territory to say, I'm going to move toward that. Mm. It's like that statement is profound for me to say, like to give that direction is such an ownership has been such an ownership in my life. And has been a lot of work to get to that point because it is such a declaration. It's such a, Back to the improv, right? It's such mm-hmm. a trust of myself mm-hmm. to say, I'm moving in this direction. And and it's interesting to just yeah. reflect on that.
1: Yeah. So I kind of have another question that I'm really interested Please. in uh, getting your tape on. So I my personal relationship with movement is that it's kind of offered me a lot of Unexpected lessons, mm. and sometimes it's given me these little gifts. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say has been the greatest gift mm. or the greatest lesson that movement has offered you? Ooh, so good! I like it because it focuses on like the fruit, the positive,
0: the mm-hmm. sweet. Um, the greatest gift. I mean, on a simple level, I am so profoundly grateful to know what movement has, has, has given me the gift of feeling good. Like there's this, I have this, I feel better if I move. And I think that that's, so in a simple way. It's like, it's given me the gift of feeling better. Like, and that I forget more often than I probably should that if I just move, I will feel better. And again, movement doesn't always look like you know, getting up and and running around—it's—it's it's this all these aspects of movement that we've talked about. When I say movement makes me feel good, it's all these different things. But that has been, I'd say, on such a simple level, but one of the greatest gifts of it is the ability to feel good. Yeah, and to to
1: shift. It's it's such an interesting thing because I think there is an element of like that. Ability to tap into the nature of improv, mm-hmm. describing that, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't mean like being able to like, you know, kill it in like a big open space and mm-hmm. do like a bunch of athletic, really cool stuff. It's, it's. I think the root of what improvisation is, and always has been to me, it's that autonomy to like beat my body where it's mm-hmm. at, wherever it's at, and I'm still learning this more and more now because as I'm developing this like body work to help people get into this place with their bodies, I'm starting to notice where those restrictions come up for me. Mm-hmm. Even as someone who has loved improv, right? Where most dancers don't, like I'm the anomaly. Mm-hmm. People can always say, well, you're a dancer. Well, not all dancers like yeah. just moving around. For a lot of them, it's terrifying. I think for most people, it's terrifying. But really like this idea of moving to feel good. Mm-hmm. And giving yourself what, what you need or mm-hmm. what you are asking of yourself in that moment is such an important tool. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like simply, just like kind of like mm, just shifting around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just like closing your eyes and like, like breathing. Or maybe it's going for a walk outside because, mm-hmm. you know, a walk will clear your head. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be like groomed and constructed. Mm-hmm. It can just be that shift, mm-hmm. right? That you notice you need a shift and mm-hmm. you find a way or you find an opportunity mm-hmm. to take it, mm-hmm. right? And to make that shift happen. Totally. And it's it's
0: interesting because as you're saying that, what's, what's? this is the fascinating thing about dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. Is to have reflected back your own words. It's like, well, and it's, it's interesting because even as I say movement feels good, like the the movement, a gift of movement is to feel good. With that, I'm also one of the gifts of movement and, and the study of it has been this discernment, which we spoke about at the very beginning of what direction is this feeling taking me in? Mm. Because, Sometimes the most healing movement, I mean, I would say at its essence, it always feels good. There's always some part of me that recognizes the alignment of what I'm doing. And there's that sort of like pressure cooker, like discomfort is different. I'll say it this way: I don't I don't always think that discomfort is the opposite of feeling good. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to think about that in, in just this idea of shifting because it it sometimes takes a real rattle to shift stagnancy and, and yeah, it's just, and, and thinking about knowing myself and, and through the years, you know, what would I say to myself 10 years ago and, and the way that I moved then and, and, and it would be. I wouldn't change a thing about my path. Everything, everything, every movement I've made has brought me here, which again is one of those cliches. I'm like, (laughs) I wouldn't be where I am without it. But I do, I do believe that um, because I'm grateful to be where I am. And I'm grateful for the choices that I made, even the ones that moved me actually away from my own truth and out of alignment because it, it was in those spaces that I learned a profound amount about what I don't want. The edges. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Boundaries. It's like I found center by, by understanding not center in a different way. Um, so it's, it's the gifts of movement are, are a many mm-hmm. um, for sure. But but yeah, it's also, it's also rich. It's also, it's, I love that you're, you're speaking about this with people. And I do think as movement becomes more popular you know I do think more than ever in a lot of ways our culture values movement in a way that it didn't used to it does become this question I and mean, people ask me all the time like how do I do this on my own right how do I access this how do I you know how do I get that feeling good without that how do I how do I access this on my own and I think you said it it's like closing your eyes and taking a breath and or or lifting your arm up and and making your hip heavier to make length and I think it's about finding your own entry to movement and I think for anyone listening that that's sitting there of like oh well they sound like they've had this awesome experience <laughs> with movement and they're so good and all these things you know how do I do that and I think that is so important and I think it is that first step of that we're sort of both touching on of that that listening, that recognition, you use that word of like that recognition that something needs to shift. It is, it is acting upon that recognition. It's saying like, I don't know necessarily what I need, but I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna try. So it's it's I think that's an important aspect. I'm very glad you're offering people this catalog. I think yeah. it's
1: it's a nice, it's an important. I'm excited too, because I, I had this question like a few well, not it's not it wasn't a question at first because as I'm developing like a way to get people moving in more like an intuitive, self-owned mm-hmm. space, like where it's not about the drills you do or, mm-hmm. or the precise like positions you're in. It's like, well, yeah, you start with this, but. Then it's up to you. lay around and tell me how it went. You know, yeah, (laughs) like like keep like keep some sort of like dialogue happening with yourself there. Um, But as I was doing this, I realized I post a lot about movement, but then not everyone understands movement the way I do. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the really interesting nugget here because. I think people assume there's supposed to be a definition, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then they're trying to meet that definition. And that this is what I'm realizing is so beautiful about the language of English and, and what the word represents is really like whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But there is a practice, right? Just like to be able to do a posi- like these positions mm-hmm. in yoga, the fundamentals, there's a practice involved to getting there, mm-hmm. to be consistent. There is also a practice involved in building up to that relationship with yourself, where mm-hmm. where you can meet yourself where you're at, mm-hmm. and like doing it on your own mm-hmm. is also a practice, just like showing up to classes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's all about taking that first step into this unknown space that feels terrifying and and nerve wracking. But you know, you you do like that first step, and then oh, that didn't kill me; it wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. And then you go back, and then maybe you can start to shift a little bit more, and and slowly you start to carve out that space and that that expansion of yourself mm-hmm. in that new way. Totally. And I think what's
0: what I'm grateful for, and I'll I'll say this, you know, at certain market times, particularly culturally market times, you know, where something's happened, is that we have these maps available. You know, like. That, that I'll often say to people, you know, cow cat works really well when you don't know when you're, when you recognize the need for a ship, but don't know what to do. You know, the map says in how cow XL cat, you know, mm-hmm. and a dear friend of mine will say, don't confuse the map for the territory. Mm-hmm. Right. So the territory might be very different. And my gratitude for the maps is infinite because there are days when I show up and I recognize whether I show up publicly or privately and I recognize the need for a shift. I, I know that, but I don't know what to do. These maps that are available to us, you know, cow, cat to me is like, inhale cow, exhale cat, you know, yes. or someone asked me the other day, how do you teach, how do you show up when, you know, stuff's going on in your life? You know, I've been teaching for more than a decade and I've been through a lot of things in that life and and I've taught through all of it and it, it is this trust that I've developed over the years in the maps and in saying like, I don't always know where I am, but I can pick up a map and it will guide me somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just, I believe in the healing of the shift. And even though I mentioned directionality as, as an aspect of it, I I don't, want to attach good or bad i don't think whether you chose to take a left or a right if you shifted the recognition of what direction you shifted in is important but the shift is the medicine is the movement and i think or is the yeah is the is is the medicine and 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 these maps are there to help us you know and and take a breath in take a breath out you know it, it it's it's there to help us navigate the territory so that we can then start to make our own maps and start to recognize like, oh, when this thing comes up, you know, I'm I'm having this dialogue with my partner or, you know, I wake up feeling this way. We start to draw our own maps based on this direct experience. But, but and these universal maps that have been tested are there too. And whether they work or don't, they're a guidepost and at least they help you to orient. So I'm grateful for that.
1: Well, just to wrap up mm-hmm. this illuminating and like mind-blowing conversation, because I've enjoyed every moment of it, uh, if there were any final thoughts that have sort of mm-hmm. come in and haven't found their way out mm-hmm. in our dialogue yet, like what, what would be some final thoughts you'd want to leave with the listeners about movement? About movement. Yeah, I think it's what
0: I just touched on. It's just, is to show up, is to pick up the map, is Mm -hmm. to, and I say this for myself as well, is to, you know, take that first step and, and let, let that guide you to the next step. You know, don't need to know the whole path, the whole process. The whole movement, you know, a movement is created one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And I think it can be, again, if we pull it very macro in our society right now with big movements happening, it can be like, well, how do I, I don't know how to take a part in that movement because I don't know what to do. I don't know how all these things. It's like, take one step, take one shift, make, make one change. And I think, that applies on the very micro level when thinking about peace and ease of being, and it applies on a really macro level with the movements that are happening on the big scheme and the big scale. Is like it starts with one step. You know, my I guess my last note is a teacher of mine said, "Pada a pada, one foot in front of the other." Mm-hmm. That's all. That's what it is. Pada a pada.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You're so welcome. And thank, thank you, such you for beautiful having me. A
1: little negative wisdom to end off with. So if our listeners are interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way to reach you? How can they find you? They can find me. Uh, my, my name is Maggie
0: Pierce. I spell it M-A-G-I-P-I-E-R-C-E. Uh, and I'm on Instagram under that name, Maggie Pierce. And my website is maggiepierce.com. And there's ways to reach out. Um, You can email me through my website or I post what I'm doing there. Um, So again, M-A-G-I-P-I-E-R-C-E.com.
1: Wonderful. Thank you. Such a wonderful conversation to have. I'm still titillated from it. And I hope you guys are too. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to share this episode with family and friends. And of course, if you're excited about what we're doing here with this thing called movement, leave us a review, leave us a rating so we can continue to develop content. I am just so thrilled about the next couple of weeks and the lineup of guests we have ready. So be sure to touch base with us next week for the next episode. And in the meantime, enjoy, have a great week. And I look forward to connecting again.